The following podcast is a production of Commercial Investment Real Estate Magazine, the official publication of CCIM Institute. For more on the latest trends, best practices, and continuing education in all areas of the industry, visit our website at ccim.com and sign up for our education e-newsletter. Welcome to another episode of Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcast. I'm Nicholas Leiter, Senior Content Editor of the magazine. In this episode, I spoke with Randy Eckers, Chair of the Real Estate Finance Practice for Ackerman LLC. He discusses the Commercial Property Assessed Clean Energy Program, or CPACE, and its potential to help the industry finance environmental improvements to new or existing buildings. Randy, first off, welcome to Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcast, and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Now, first, let's talk about the Commercial Property Assessed Clean Energy Program, or CPACE. Following the introduction of residential PACE in 2007, the commercial programs began to appear in 2009. Um, for those in commercial real estate who may not be familiar with this, can you give us a quick explanation of what the program is and the benefit it provides compared to other financing options for these types of projects? Uh, yeah, sure. Happy to. So, um, CPACE is basically a loan that's made by a private lender for the purpose of financing sustainable and energy efficient improvements uh, on commercial property, hence the C and CPACE. Uh, the security for the loan is an assessment that's levied against the real property. And so it's, it's basically akin to a, you know, like a sewer assessment, like a real estate tax. Um, let's see. The, uh, the repayment of the loans are generally structured to be self-amortizing over the useful life of the improvements, equipment that are being financed with the proceeds of the PACE loan. And um, based upon the asset class, property type, uh, you generally see interest rates that are they're fixed, um, somewhere in the 5 to 6% range generally. I mean, there's obviously outliers. And let's see, well, the other thing that's probably worth adding there is that the loan and the assessment run with the land, so they're not personal in nature to the borrower. And uh, they, could be, they could be transferred when the land or property is sold. And they can also be prepaid pretty easily. There's, there's usually some call protection on it, but not anything too onerous. And there's, uh, since they're not personal in nature, there's, there's no guarantees for them either. So it, it, it's, a, it's a really good program that when you look at it uh, in a capital stack, it, it essentially replaces uh, you know, sort of a traditional pre- uh, preferred equity or mezzanine layer in a capital stack. And are there any uh, major exclusions to the program to consider? Yeah. So the program's not available in every state yet. So right now, I think at this moment, there are 36 states where CPACE has, le- has uh, legislation approved, uh, plus Washington, D.C. There are a handful of other states uh, where CPACE is in development. So I think there's about five, five of those, at least as of right now or recently. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty generally available in the country. Uh, but again, not not everywhere yet, and, and it's it's pretty flexible that it can be used across virtually every asset class. 
the the program is on the state level, correct? It's not a federally uh, a federally run program. That that is correct. Yeah, so it, it's a state level program, and it's run by the in some cases local municipalities. So, for instance, New York State has been online for a bit, and New York City just had its program approved and went online about a month ago on Earth Day, actually. So yes, it, it is a state program, but but it, it does it, it does have a, a, a local component to it as well. You mentioned that that the program is able to be used by different developments across across asset classes. Um, you know, who are the primary users of this program? Who's who's kind of the target audience? Um, if if you can pinpoint one, it's been hospitality for for some time. Uh, we're also seeing it. Retail, multifamily, senior living, uh, office. So it, it, it's. I mean, even there's there's specialty assets that can be financed with it. Um, in some cases, it could be used for oil and gas uh, properties. So, so it, it it's pretty broad. Most commercial pace legislation has um, a look back period. Um, so let, let's say that the look back period. For this example, is three years. So, if if you're a hospitality owner, and during the past three years, you have constructed improvements at your property that that would have at that point in time been pace eligible, you can, even though the loans or even though the, the project's already, um, you know, complete you can still go back and get a PACE loan as if you were financing those, those components for the first time. So obviously right now during COVID, a lot of those hospitality assets are struggling and are in workout scenarios with their mortgage lender. So if, if you have some, some uh, improvements that would have qualified for PACE in that last three years, you can get a PACE loan now, use the proceeds to partially repay your struggling mortgage loan, which obviously helps you. It helps the mortgage lender. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we've been seeing PACE used as, as a rescue capital essentially right now. I mean, that, that's been, that's been one of the sort of the new, the new trends in CPACE in the last couple of years, year and a half. Yeah, that's interesting that there's um, that you said there's there's a look back period. Um, And has there been a flood of interest in the program and and applications or what what has been the response since uh, since COVID-19? So one one of the biggest problems with PACE is that there's just a lack of awareness of it. Um, I recently did a webinar for the firm where we had um, a lot of our hospitality clients join for the sole purpose of of introducing them to this program and a, a, a really high percentage of those participants were not even aware that pace pace could be used as rescue capital or that pace even really existed so it, it there's there's a there's sort of a publicity problem with pace as i like to say once potential users of the program find out is there uh, is there like an aha moment where they're saying oh my god this is this is perfect for us 
Yes. Yes. And, and that's not honestly, and that's not just limited to to you know the folks that we're talking about in the hospitality space that are you know the owners of troubled assets. This is it's sort of been an aha moment for a number of our clients that that we talk to that are developing a project or heavily renovating a project or or anything even similar. For whatever reason, many people misunderstand it, don't know about it. Um, and once you explain it to them, it becomes a, a really, really a- appealing, non-traditional financing. It's it's really uh, it's really interesting when watching and listening to people learn about it for the first time and realize that it's that it's that's a great option for them. There there's has to be a natural fear or hesitation of doing something like this, which is non-traditional. Is there? You know, is there a, uh, a hesitancy because of red tape or jumping through extra hoops? You know, for potential users of the program, what um, what obstacles do they have to overcome, if any? Like I said, the first the first obstacle is is sort of this misconception, right? So most most people that we speak to about it that don't know a lot about it think that it is a government program and it's filled with red tape, right? They think that it's um, you know it's going to take nine months to a year to get it through, you know, the the government. But the reality is, is that these loans are made by private lenders. Yes, there is a a public component to it, obviously. That's the only way that you can assess, you know, put, put an assessment on a piece of, you know, piece of real property, like a, you know, like a tax or a sewer assessment, right? So you obviously need the government involved. But it's not the government making the loan. These are private lenders with private funds making the loans. And the process is, from what we've seen from our case lender clients, the process is, is much, much easier than people, people anticipate. So they, they, the case lenders work hand in hand with the local case administrators. They work hand in hand with engineers that do all of the, you know, the energy studies that are required and they, you know, they sort of, they sort of run the process and they, they, most of them make it very easy for their borrowers. They, they work with the, the mortgage lenders, even, in, even as soon as the application stage or term sheet stage so that they can, you know, the borrower, the, the, the mortgage lender and the pace lender all, they can come up with a really good capital stack that works for everybody. And makes the, the process as seamless as can be. Especially in a time now where um, so many assets are being stressed just from, you know, the economic uh, instability from the last year. On the lender perspective, what what is the appeal for them? What, what, what brings them to the table? The best way to, to, to answer this question is by also addressing that mortgage lenders also have a, a, a pretty significant misconception about pace. So yes, pace is, is a senior position in a capital stack to a mortgage loan. It is, it is akin to a tax, right? A, a tax lien will be superior in priority to a mortgage lien. And when mortgage lenders hear that, they get, they, they, they get concerned and they never want to hear that something is senior to them, right? Like a, a traditional mortgage loan should be the first loan, the first priority security interest on, on the real property. And, and 
technically that would not be the case anymore. So a lot of mortgage lenders will stop listening at that point. Um, now, one, one thing that, mo- that mortgage lenders, once they realize is different about a PACE loan, they're, they, they get much, much more comfortable with it. And the, diff- the key difference between somebody having a senior position over you as a lender versus a PACE loan having a senior position over you as a lender is that a PACE loan cannot be accelerated. So if at any point in time there's a, there's non-payment on a PACE assessment, the PACE lender can't say, hey, you know, we have a $50 million PACE loan, all $50 million are now due, right? That, that's what really causes, causes lenders to, to get, you know, to, to shudder that they have a $50 million loan obligation in front of them in priority. But that's not the case here. So what a PACE lender can do is they can foreclose like a tax lien. But when you foreclose a tax lien or you foreclose a, a PACE assessment, all you, all you are doing is getting that loan back to being paid current. So if there are, you know, two, three years worth of unpaid assessments, that's all that they can get. In, in the in that in that scenario, so they can't accelerate the entire thing. So once mortgage lenders hear that, they they get much more comfortable with having a pace loan in front of them. And in, in addition, a mortgage lender, as you know, they they reserve for taxes on a monthly basis in most cases. So they would just add this to what they would be reserving for. So the mortgage lender will, I mean, absent, I mean, like a a really horrible event at a property, they will be, they will be reserving for these payments and they will be making these payments and, and everything will get paid in front of them. So once, once mortgage lenders hear this and understand that they get much more comfortable. Yeah. It it sounds like some, um, some sense of stability that is inherent in the program. Exactly. So the, the other thing here that makes mortgage lenders comfortable is that when you look at the entire capital stack, it actually puts less stress on the capital stack than like a traditional mortgage mez or mortgage preferred equity structure. Because here you're having a, you know, let, let's say it's a 25, 30 year self amortizing pace loan that can't be accelerated in front of you, as opposed to having a mezzanine loan or preferred equity behind you that's charging, a, look, it's, Almost always, at least on a loan like you know construction loan, you're looking at a double-digit interest rate, and those and those other lien holders, all those although they're subordinate to you, they do have many rights, you know, vis-a-vis an intercreditor agreement or a recognition agreement, and and that's it's just it's just a different structure when you're looking at it with pace instead of mes or or pref. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you mentioned that um, not only using the look back um, phase of the program, but it, these loans can be used for both existing and uh, new developments. Are there different criteria for each or is it uh, is it more case by case basis? Uh, well, I mean, yes, generally speaking, it can be used for both. Right. As long as the proceeds of the PACE loan are being used in accordance with the, with the with the legislation. So, in other words, simply put, if it's being used 
for energy efficiency, you know, um, you know, and just other sustainable improvements, then yes, it could be used for that. In a new construction, you will you will generally see higher proceeds that could be that could be obtained through a pace loan, just because you know you, you're you're able to use more, you're able to finance more uh, in a new construction, just based upon what you're what you're spending money on, right? But yes, absolutely, you can use it for existing buildings. Um, it, it's it's flexible that way as well. Like you mentioned before, that it it can be this is a program that can be harnessed across market sectors. But when you're looking at things like energy efficiency, water conservation, is there a certain sector in the commercial market that looks you know especially well positioned to to harness this program? Yes. So I would say that probably New York City is probably the most well positioned right now. So if you look at you look at the New York City Climate Mobilization Act, which is you know requiring the largest of New York City's buildings to to reduce carbon emissions, you know by 2050 by I think 80 percent. I don't have it in front of me, and then that's by 2050, and I think 40 percent by 2030. And you you combine that with the fact that New York City's PACE program just came online, and it, it's there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, and yeah, as, as far as the commercial real estate firms benefiting from the program, um, you know, what kind of impact can these loans have on a company's overall ESG score or their standing? Uh, I wish I knew. <laughs> um, I know it improves it, but by, you know, I, I, it clearly in, improves carbon emissions and efficiency and it lowers, you know, their, their operating costs. But in terms of their score, you're going to have to talk to somebody that's uh, much more well-versed in that than me, unfortunately. No worries. No worries. And you, you mentioned that um, you mentioned before that, that your biggest obstacle is kind of is getting word out, is, is building awareness. Um, you know, what have you seen has helped you kind of just inform people that this is out there? Uh, so I've been doing some interviews. We've recently done a webcast. Um, I, I represent a, a, a few lenders and you know, mortgage lenders. It's just been talking to them about it and introducing them to the program. You know, we obviously our firm represents a lot of developers throughout the country, and we've been talking to them about it. So you know, it's almost, it's almost like a grassroots movement. <laughs> and if if you could kind of look into the, the crystal ball and, and look ahead. You know, what, where do you see CPACE in the CRE landscape as a whole? You know, where will that be in, say, five years from now? I think, I hope that people will be much more aware of it by then. It will be a non-traditional loan that is very frequently seen in capital stacks. I, I, I think there's, there's so many benefits to it that that I'm, I'm extremely bullish on it. I just, just people just need to know about it and the misconceptions need to be, need to be, uh, overcome. Great. Well, I think, uh, ending there is, is a perfect, uh, is a perfect place to stop where you can kind of see the, the, the opt or the, the potential of the program. And it's just a matter of getting the word out and, uh, and hopefully, you know, spreading the benefits to as many people as we can. Exactly. 
That's exactly right. Great, Randy. Well, thank you for joining uh, Cybery Podcast. No, well, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcast. Head to SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Join us next month for a brand new episode of Commercial Investment Real Estate Podcast, featuring another leading figure from the world of commercial real estate.